Welcome to the Always Evolving Podcast. This is a podcast about living an awake, aware, conscious life. If it helps to evolve us as individuals, we will likely cover it at some point on this podcast. Because after all, we are always evolving and in all ways. I'm your host, Erica Boucher. I am here with Angie Ringler. I have known Angie for, geez, how long has it been? It's been probably just over 10 years. We met at the uh, Windhorse Wellness Center when I first moved to Lake County. Oh, okay. I thought we met before that. But anyway, we've known each other for a long time. And what I love about Angie, Angie, I've been watching your professional journey evolve since I met you. And so I want to give you an opportunity to talk about it, but let's start with how you got started on this journey. So Angie's business is waste-free products, right? Yes. And so tell us, how did you get started on this particular journey? Well, the journey for me started because um, I am a redhead and we tend to have more sensitive skin and I was developing some skin irritations and I didn't know why. And this is, you know, mostly going on my adult life. And I would say somewhere back in like 2010-ish, I started just kind of tinkering around with some different ideas of what could it be, right? Looking at my lifestyle, what was I eating? What was I using in my life? And just kind of starting to explore those possibilities. And one area for me, I stumbled upon the idea of laundry soap. You know, I wash my clothes in some liquid. I then wear the clothes and I sweat during the day. My pores are opening up. I'm taking it in, you know, and I drape clothes over majority of my body. So to me, that seemed like a good starting point to see if that could be a source of my irritations. And so I just started tinkering and learning more and tinkering, I say, by making some laundry soaps, you know, scouring the internet for some recipes and uh, learning more about what the bottles that I brought into my house even had listed for ingredients, which was a total eye-opener. The fact that many of the bottles I brought like cleaning style products and, you know, laundry products, they didn't even list ingredients. So that was a first eye opener for me. It's like, okay, well, I don't even know what I'm putting on my skin. So Mm. I started formulating some more natural products that to me were much more natural than probably what I was using. But as the years went by, I realized that I could even be using more natural ingredients. So through just kind of making some detergents on my own and eventually kind of making some all-purpose cleaners and some some basic household cleaners, I really had the opportunity to stop and say, you know, could this be a business? I was in law, you know, I come from a legal background. I was a paralegal for a a long time, working in offices and it never really resonated with who I was on the inside. You know, I'm a, I'm a pretty eco girl all around. And I took the opportunity to meet with like the small business development center and score and had those conversations, you know, what 
could, what else could I be doing in my life? And I happened one day to mention to the guy, one of the counselors that I was making these cleaning products at home. And quite honestly, I wasn't selling them at the time. I was just giving them away, you know, to my friends and my family. And the guy said, you know, I think you have something there. So we explored that. And that's what eventually became Tangi, which is my legal business name, Tangi, simply a smooshing together of my name, Angie, and my dad's name, Terry. Um, and that's really where it started. When you and I first met, the business was called I Love Tangi. Um, but pretty soon after that, I, re- I learned that Tangi is an award-winning strain of marijuana. And when people <laughs> were searching, for my business, they were probably quite disappointed when they stumbled upon laundry soap and not the good weed that they were looking for. So um, a few years down the line, fast forward a little bit, I did change. We now do business as waste-free products because that really describes better um, of what our mission is. And what we're trying to do is bring a waste-free aspect to household cleaning and body products that traditionally have a lot of waste, especially plastic bottle waste. I I love it. You know, it's interesting because we share a similar passion in that way. So probably also somewhere about 10 years ago or more, I started experimenting with making my own products. So my own lip balms and my own skincare products and laundry detergent and, and cleaners, household cleaners. And some of that stuff was great. Some of it I still use on occasion. And some of it was not so good. You know, there was a while there where I was really trying to nail the recipe for a dish detergent for my dishwasher. And and it, I just could not make that work. And, and actually in the process of that, I ended up getting this film on some of my glasses that I never got off again. Uh. So I eventually gave that up and said, okay, that one I didn't nail. You know, I didn't get that one figured out. Um, And, but I did, you know, there were some other things, skincare products and things like that, that I have really enjoyed. But the problem with that is it's time consuming. Yes. And so I got to the point because unlike you, I didn't go, I didn't make a business out of it. You know, I've, I've got another business I've gone in. I was already involved in another business. So, so there's, there's not the time for me to, as much as I enjoy, there's not as much time for me to tinker in the kitchen with all of these products and some of them work and some of them don't. So as I watched your business evolve, I really was kind of rooting from the sidelines for you because it was just all about what you were doing. Like, you know, in another life, I could see me being on that exact same path. But when you, when your business evolved, this latest evolution of your business was when I even more like sat up and took notice. So you went from when I met you, you had the plastic bottles, right? With all of the products in them. And I know just from knowing you that you and I are kindred spirits in this way. And the amount of plastic waste that is accumulating on this planet, to me, it's just heartbreaking. And every time I, every time I contribute to that, it bothers me. I'm always looking for ways to minimize my, my carbon footprint and minimize the impact that my life is having on the environment. And so talk to us about 
your latest evolution with your business. Sure. And, you know, that's a really good point that you bring up because it, it is an evolution, whether it be in our personal life or whether it be in the business that I'm doing, it was an evolution because I did sell all my products in very traditional plastic bottles. And when I took that commitment, it really was a commitment to say, I've got to figure out a way to sell my products without a plastic bottle or without plastic packaging. And quite honestly, when you're selling liquid products, it seems impossible. And that was really that kind of fork in the road, you know, as they say that I had to make a decision. Was I going to be able to make my products and not be the bottle pusher? Or was I just going to have to get out of this business altogether because it wasn't in alignment with who I really was every day. So I spent many years reformulating my liquid products to be this paste form that would hold its own shape. So I didn't have to sell it in a bottle, but would be concentrated enough to where the end user could dissolve it at home using their own water and choosing their own container of what they wanted to put it in which is really something that we don't get offered with a lot of traditional cleaning products. You know, they come in whatever bottle the manufacturer tells us to use, but maybe it's not easy for us to handle or hold or fit in our cabinet. You know, those are options that are off the table for us. So I kind of like that idea of giving the consumer kind of that power of being able to pick what worked for them. So in addition to removing the plastic waste, it was that little added bonus. And so once I was able to reformulate and the products worked really well, and they still had, you know, the cleaning power and efficiency that I needed from them, it was all about then transforming all the products I had, laundry soap, hand wash, stain remover, all-purpose cleaner, you know, shampoos and conditioners and anything that came in that traditional liquid or plastic bottle, I needed to find that plastic free packaging for. And that's where we are today. You know, I do not package anything in plastic. And I'm very proud to say that because not only does it help me in my own life by using products that I know don't come in plastic, I know that every time somebody's buying one out there in the world, that's one less plastic bottle that ends up, you know, in a landfill or even worse floating in the ocean or any number of places that that plastic doesn't need to be. But it, it came down to a commitment to myself first and then taking that into my business, which is the same journey that I had to take, you know, when I started to reduce plastic in my own house. And it's a journey. It's not something that, you know, you can just happen overnight. It, you have to really stop and look at where are the areas in your life that you feel are having the biggest impact of waste? And then you also have to stop and say, what can I really commit to? You know, that goes back to the DIY products that you said you made for yourself. Like it's a great starting point, but if we can't stick to it because it's not convenient or the products don't work for us and we feel like we're wasting money buying ingredients and wasting our time to put them all together then it's not something that's going to be long-term and eventually won't really matter. So I think that, you know, assessment is the most important place for all of us to start, whether it be in the, in your business, trying to reduce some waste or whether it be in your life, trying to take that next step. Mm. Yeah. It's, 
It's important to me too, and you're right, we're always evolving, like our awareness levels and our consciousness and our, and our commitment to the things that are important to us. It just gets stronger and we, we're always evolving. And the same has happened with me. So now, you know, like you, anytime I'm contributing plastic to the landfill, I'm, I'm very aware of it. Like it, you know, it just, it hurts my heart <laughs> to make that contribution. And I know you and I have spoken in the past about this, that there are some products, like there's a shake mix that I absolutely love. And it comes in a plastic container along with a plastic scoop. And I love the product. It's organic, it's plant-based. I use it every single day. It's kind of part of my morning ritual, but it's bothering me that there's this, all this plastic that's being disposed of, that I have you know, 15 scoops now in my drawer because I don't want to throw them out because I don't want them to go into the landfill somewhere. Right. So, right. and so I, I'm working on a letter that I want to send to the company and say, look, here's an opportunity for you to really embrace waste-free living and, you know, finding alternative ways to package this and, and maybe get rid of the scoop altogether. Just tell us how much we need to measure in there. We all have measuring cups and right. measuring spoons. Right. Tell me, tell me what it is and I'll do it. You don't, and then that could be part of their marketing message. Like we yeah. are committed to this because that matters to people. It matters to me. And, and I why, bet you, I bet you, you're not the first person to even two things, send the letter and think about sending the letter. My guess is they've heard it from a plethora of people already. Yeah. And so the more we can make our voices heard, then we're starting to have a real impact because we, we vote with our dollars. And, and when we have a limited amount of options to choose from, we do our best. And no, nobody's yeah. entirely 100% waste-free. I just don't think no. that's possible. And our, and our system will never, our system does not sustain that now. Like even the term zero waste, which is very popular, it's not, it's never going to be true. We're never going to be zero waste. Even my plastic free business still produces some plastic waste. I mean, I have to get bulk ingredients in plastic. You know, right. I can't, my, my supply chain is not plastic free, but in order for me to kind of offset that a little bit, I do buy carbon offset credits for my company because I can't have control over the whole system, but I can, um, you know, look at the carbon footprint of my business and my lifestyle and say, okay, there are businesses out there that help to offset that carbon. And what they do is they, I tell them all that I'm using, they give me a measurement and I think it's in metric tons. And then they tell me, okay, this is what, this is what I pay, right? It, it's pretty much paying for those offset credits. And what they do is they take the collective money and they put it into projects that are bigger in the world than you and I, that are helping to um, make improvements with reducing the carbon that's, you know, happening beyond our control. Yeah. I do the same thing with my uh, sustainable travel business where you can offset your carbon footprint and by making a donation and then therefore they contribute to these products and projects around the world. So, because you're right, we're, we're not going to be, uh, zero waste is kind of a misnomer. That's not really possible, but we can do our best and keep educating ourselves on what the options are. 
And so yeah. as I watched your business evolve, really rooting for, for you from the sidelines, like I was saying, I, I realized I want to support businesses like yours more and more. There's businesses like yours. That's what I want to be out there giving my money to supporting those kinds of endeavors. And so I reached out to you at one point and said, okay, I want to try your products because I want to be able to speak intelligently about them from experience. So I got your laundry detergent, your hand soap, the stain remover, shampoo, conditioner, and also the pet shampoo bar. Nice. And as of right now, I've tried every single one of your products and I can say from experience with all honesty that they are wonderful. I love mm -hmm. them. They work. I was very skeptical about shampoo and conditioner bars because I have a lot of hair. I've thick hair and I have long hair. And so I used to kind of laugh at the concept of using a shampoo bar or a conditioner bar. And I just thought, oh, that must be for people with really short or thin hair. But anyway, I, I tried yours and it's great. I actually love it. You just kind of like, you just kind of wipe it on your hair, which is right. kind of a, <laughs> you know, you just kind of wipe it on your hair and it, it works like it, you, then you massage it in with your fingers and it suds, you know, soaps up and suds is up and it's effective. And it's the same thing with the conditioner. And so I then had my, my partner try it because I wanted to see what he thought. He also has long hair, even longer than mine, if you can believe that. <laughs> and he loved it too. And in fact, he said, you know, these are great products for traveling with because you don't have to have yeah. all those plastic bottles, no liquid no liquid you have to worry about spilling yeah. and so i i'm just really a fan of of all of it and even the pet shampoo bar i have two dogs and one of them is a long-haired you know he's a german um a golden retriever so again i was skeptical about how that pet shampoo bar was going to work but it worked great and i think what i love about these products is you don't have this overwhelming perfumey smell because you know, those products that you buy, those, those typical products that you buy, they put a lot of chemicals in there to give you that strong smell, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're working any better. And they right. also put chemicals and products in there to make them suds up. Yeah. So they get really foamy, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're working any better. <laughs> so like you, I have developed sensitivities to things and I have to be like thoughtful about what I'm putting in and on my body. I remember one time I was at one of my yoga uh, retreats and all of a sudden my armpits were like really bad rashes developing and I couldn't figure out what it was from. And turns out it was from my deodorant and the deodorant was an, as it was a natural deodorant, but my body had decided that it didn't like something that was in it over time. I had been using that product for maybe a year or two and all of a sudden my body completely rejected it. And so that was like you, that was one of the reasons I started experimenting with deodorants. And so I love that your products are clean and simple and that there isn't, it, they're not in any plastic. So it just checks all of the boxes for me. And I awesome. can't say enough about it. So thank you for doing what you're doing. Well, thank you so much. I love hearing all those kind words. It fills my heart for sure. Um, and, you know, just... You, you touched on so many points there, you know, because we've been well marketed to over the years to think that, you know, bubbles are cleaning, you know, if your house smells like, you know, bleach or any of those 
random colored liquids you could buy at the store that that means clean. And we've been sold a good, a really good bill from the marketing companies, you know, to make us think that these are the things that, that need to be important to us. And um, another thing that I, I want to um, talk about a little bit of what, what you said about your armpits breaking out after using the deodorant for so long, you know, as we're age and change, our body chemistry is always changing. So it's a good reminder that just because we try one product and it doesn't work for us, you know, it's not fair to say, oh, well, all natural products don't work for me, or, you know, that brand doesn't work for me because it might not work for you today, but it certainly could work from you, work for you six months from now, two years from now. And when you're voting with your dollars and supporting companies that are really trying to do the right thing, it's worth it to go back to them after a period of time and maybe try that product again and not really give up on that particular product that you tried. So I'm glad you brought that up because it is an important thing to notice that well, even some of the products that I tried when I was first trying to remove some chemicals and those things out of my natural hygiene routine, I didn't like the way that it felt or the way it made my skin feel or something like that. But I also found that my body needed time to adjust to it. And you hear that a lot with deodorant that, especially when you're going from like um, um, an antiperspirant, which inten intentionally clogs up your pores, when you're going to something that doesn't have that ability in it, your body needs to be able to detox a little bit. And I think those are important things for people to remember when you're not only when you're in the midst of your journey and, and maybe even having a long time experience with it, but especially when you're at the very beginning of it, trying to kind of navigate what's working and, and what's worth your dollars. That is a really good point. Whether we're talking sustainable or not, we're always looking for that product that really meets all of our needs. For me now, meeting all of my needs means it also has to be sustainable and produce as little waste as possible. Having options to choose from is so important. And that's one of the great things about what you're putting out there is that it's a, it's a great option. I mean, no guilt. There's no guilt for me when I use your products because I don't end up with, I don't end up with these big, tall shampoo bottles, plastic bottles that I have to dispose of. And I'm, I am now aware every single time I put something in that recycle bin because yeah. I know that just because it's going in that recycling bin does not mean it's being put to get good use and that it's not going to be right. impacting our, our landfill. I saw um, a little ditty on the news the other night about how, you know, the, the plastic problem, they were talking a little bit about that, but what they were saying was that plastic can be recycled. The problem is that it has to be very clean in yeah. order to recycle it. And you think about how many, how many times we just, you know, rinse something out and put it in the recycling bin or, you know, do our best to scrape it out because it's like, well, am I going to spend all, waste all this water, right? We think about this other finite resource, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it really becomes this balance of what do we do? What's the better of two evils or the lesser of two evils, I guess. Right. So, ultimately trying not to have those bottles to put in the recycling is the best thing we can do. But sometimes we have to make that decision and it's not an easy one to make. Exactly. Exactly. And 
And sometimes we have to be willing to spend a little bit more in order to get those waste-free products and natural products. And it's just the nature of it. Even when I was doing it myself and I was ordering the, the, the natural ingredients so I could make my products, it added up. Yeah. And, and even then I would do my best to get the, the, those items in bulk in a way that wasn't in a big plastic container. But so I guess the long and the short of it is we're all doing our best, but <laughs> being as conscious as we can be and making the wisest choices possible, that's the best we can do. And so that's why I wanted people know, to know about your business and your products, because now they know, now they know that there is an option. They can, they can have natural ingredients. They can go waste-free with regards to those ingredients. They don't have to spend a ridiculous amount of money. They don't have to do it themselves. <laughs> There's a, there is a solution. So tell us about your book, because this is another evolution of your professional yes, journey. It is. Uh, thank you for asking about that, because it does feel good to finally get it out in the world instead of like hoarding the information for myself. Um, you know, you're an author too, like, you know, it's not a difficult, it, it is a difficult thing to make it all come together and, and get it out there for other people to read. So I really, one day I was having a massage and I saw the book so clearly. I don't, I don't know why. I mean, I guess those moments when your mind is calm and it's relaxed that you can, you know, see things differently or understand them, or, you know, it frees up from somewhere. You're receptive all of a You're sudden. Definitely more receptive. And I just saw the book so clearly. I saw like the way it could be laid out and the, the content and the chapters. And so the title of the book is going plastic free room by room. And that's literally what it is. It's a, it's a, a guide to look at each room in your house as its own kind of little entity and figure out a way to tackle those rooms in reducing the waste and looking at things a little bit differently. So in the book, I each chapter is, you know, by each room, but then at the beginning of each chapter, there's also these little icon indicators. So there's like a little, um, uh, a little red icon that states what the problem area is in the room. And then there's a little green icon icon it's shaped like a little leaf and those are for somebody who might be you know like a beginner starting out on this journey of just looking at where the waste is produced in their home and then the other icon is a blue tree and that's for somebody who is further along in the years of you know working to get plastic waste out of their life this way you don't feel overwhelmed by all the content at once especially if Maybe you're just starting out. You don't want to read about these other options that are available to you. We have to start where it's comfortable. And that's where I saw that kind of real clear, that real clearness in laying out the chapters that way that would provide everybody with just little bites of information that they could tackle in each room. And then they could go back for more information once they feel confident and comfortable in the changes that they made. But at the same time, I wanted to be able to read the book as somebody who's further along in the years of, you know, doing this, that I wanted to be able to still feel like I was learning something new as well, or maybe being reminded of something that I should come back to. 
So that's why I wanted to lay it out to where it was for the beginners and more of, you know, somebody seasoned in the zero waste kind of movement. And I feel like it really came out well. It's uh, it's about a hundred pages of my journey, you know, what I did well, what I didn't do well. Uh, more importantly, I talk about why we should be making these changes. You know, for me, I need to know why I should be doing this. Don't just tell me to get rid of that item in my home. I need to know some backstory on why I should do that because that sets things more in motion for me. So I gave, you know, some statistics, a bunch of research in there that I was aware of and really kind of formulated that into the first hundred pages. And then the remaining pages are links and photos of the items that I talk about in the book. So, you know, I, I couldn't sum up everything about every product or item that I talked about in the book within that own, within its own chapter, but that's why I felt providing an image and the links to allow the reader to then say, okay, that thing interests me. Let me know, let me learn more. And you could just go directly there because as you know, searching the internet for some of this information can be a rabbit hole that we mm -hmm. can't ever get out of. And it seems overwhelming and we're not really sure what we even learned right after you've come out of that hole again. So I just wanted to really make it easy and I feel really proud of the book and I hope that others get a lot of value out of it too. It's, um, it's currently available for download on my website, wastefreeproducts.com. And I would like to get it into a print form because it does have, it's a really good, uh, it's got a checklist in it. And I feel like it's a really handy kind of reference guide that people could go back to after they've, you know, done a few of the other steps. But I, you know, I grapple with that a little bit because print seems a little wasteful, even right. though I still love holding a real book. So I mean, do I. I use the shit out of my library card. I love real books. So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm grappling with that still. But for right now, it's a downloadable version and people can kind of, you know, take the bites that they need out of it to get started. The book is great and I definitely highly recommend it. And I, I completely relate to you there as well. I mean, it is, it is an undertaking to publish a book. And I've also struggled with that. My book's available on uh, ebook and audiobook, but also on paperback. And, and I have to admit, you know, I'll be 50 years this old, uh, 50 years old this year. And I'm still of the, the, I guess the era of, of holding the book in my hand. And, and after being on a computer or a phone or an iPad or being on an, an, a screen all day long, the last thing I want to do is actually read a book on one of those things. And yeah. I really prefer the paperback. And, and yet I struggle with that because, <laughs> because for the exact same reason. So I think what's important for us to, to maybe end on this note of is that we're doing our best yeah. and that, you know, to do the best we can and let that be enough. We don't have to be guilty or feel guilty and we don't have to be judgy about it either. Right. Everyone's <laughs> doing what they can do. Exactly. And so so I think that that's an important takeaway from this conversation. Like, I would agree. Yeah, everybody needs to be respected for where they're at. And we all need to remember that we started at a point of knowing nothing, you know, and we were just here to enjoy the journey and take it all in and support each other along the way is really a good start.
Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Thanks. So what else do you want people to know before we wrap up? How can they find out more about what you've got going on? Find your products. I will definitely link. I'll put a link to your website in the show notes for people okay. as well. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, I would definitely send people to my website, wastefreeproducts.com. We're also on social media, you know, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with social. I feel yes, like it's, <laughs> it's a time suck and I don't really appreciate it. So yes, if you're on social, you can find us there. But, you know, I'd rather people go to the website and check out our blogs. Even, even better, send me an email. Let's have a conversation. Let's, you know, talk about where we're at. I mean, that's what it's about is sharing what we know with each other. Um, sharing stories with each other. The, the act of storytelling is so powerful and we've all got so many great stories to share. So if, if, if you're listening and you want to, you know, talk to me, you know, email me at Angie at wastefreeproducts.com or even give me a call. I mean, I still answer my phone. So <laughs> <laughs> you're old school. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. So am I. I promise to never turn my business into the kind of business where you can only reach me through a live chat on the website. I will uh, never, ever do that. <laughs> now I still, I do have chat on my website, but, and, and a lot of people use it after hours, which is why I love it. I get a lot of, and I keep my chat open till like eight o'clock at night because if I'm, you know, sitting around relaxing or whatever, and I hear that go off, if I've got the time, I'm happy to plug in and answer right, somebody's right. question. Or if one of my team is on that night and they can answer somebody's question, it's really helpful because a lot of times that's when we are kind of looking around to try to learn something is after those work hours. And I want to be yeah. respectful of people's time and what they're trying to learn, you know, at that Absolutely. moment. Yeah. yeah. No, the chat feature is great. I love it. It's just yeah. when that's your only option. And then oh, you're like, right. oh. Yeah. <laughs> totally yeah. different. I don't want that to be the only way people can reach me. Never. No, I'm all about relationships. You know, yeah. like I want people to feel like if they really want to talk to me, they can talk to me. So that's, that's right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Angie, thank you so much. Thank you for being who you are and for doing what you're doing. And also thank you for taking time out of your day to let me interview you for this podcast. Oh, you're so welcome. And thank you for having me. It's been such a lovely conversation, my kindred sister. And <laughs> I look forward to hearing what you've got coming up as well. So thanks again for having me, Erica. Thank you for listening to this episode of Always Evolving. Please feel free to share this episode with anyone you think might appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this podcast, let me know by leaving me a five-star rating. Until next time, keep learning, keep growing, keep evolving.